Before we begin today, we'd like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the Gadigal land and pay our respects to Elders past and present. I'm Chantelle Alkuri. And I'm Tanita Razaghi. Coming up on the show today, we're talking about political correctness in the Sydney comedy scene and the fake viral fairy bread petition you may have seen floating around. But first, we'll introduce you to the young Aussies working together to fight for change in their home country of Myanmar. And as always, we want to hear from you. Text us in on 0409 945 945 or tweet us at BackchatFBI. It is absolutely laughable. The woman's off her tree. Backchat, your alternative to talk back. Following a military coup that overthrew the government and deadly protests across the country, Myanmar remains in turmoil. Activists have estimated that the military has killed between 700 and 800 people, including children, since it seized power in February this year. Next-gen Myanmar are a group of Burmese Aussies raising awareness and fighting for change back home. Backchat producer Rebecca Manibog spoke to the Young Collective about the ongoing crisis. Next Gen is a collective based in Sydney and we are made up of people from the Burmese community as well as all the ethnic cultures and communities from Myanmar and basically we were formed when this coup happened and we saw that there wasn't much action happening, there wasn't a lot of awareness so we decided to get together to start doing things ourselves and it's been a great way for us to be connected with the Burmese community in this time and support each other as well as, you know, speak to members of parliament, speak to, you know, people who can make it known that there are a lot of Burmese people within Australia and this is a, an issue that really affects a lot of people. Next Gen was formed from the coup and it kind of all brought us together and all the youths in the community because a lot of us haven't been connected with each other before this and then this kind of, it's a support system that we've got most of us are based in Sydney, but there's also an association, the Myanmar Students Association of Australia, and they have different branches in different unis across Australia. Uh, so the protest, it was to really bring awareness to the situation and an opportunity for the Burmese community to get together. Um, we had some members of parliament speak, as well as some letters from members of parliament who couldn't be there on the day. And basically we had youth representatives and youth speakers because we think that's really important to have the youth voices out there. You know, we are a next gen is the next generation. We really wanted to show support as well as it was really important for us to be able to show support for the people inside Myanmar because they are the ones who are going through, you know, the, the this coup and all these terrible um, violence and atrocities right now and they really need to see that people outside the rest of the world we are supporting them and we are trying to do what we can to help their situation and it's been really good to sort of hear back from people and saying you know we we saw that this was happening in all these states in Australia you know seeing that there were protests in other parts of the world and it helps bring hope as well. It's the 1st of February. There has been a lot of stuff that's happened. 
at the start, the parliament was meant to open, but they detained the new members that were meant to start the new government. And since then, they've closed banks, um, they've closed internet. So at the moment, there is currently also an internet blackout. They've shut down all the networks for mobile phone data. And most people in Myanmar have mobile phone data, so it's been really hard to contact them. Only Wi-Fi has been available. Some towns have been put under martial law, so that means the police and the military are able to kill anyone for no reason. So there's been a lot of things happening. Innocent protesters have been arrested at night. Um, you know, sometimes they've been arrested, they've been beaten, and they've been tortured while they're arrested. It's just, it's like a war zone there at the moment. You know, towns are being like lit on fire. Um, there's been like main bridges that have been burnt down. There's just military everywhere, you know. Yeah, and it's kind of a war zone, but it's only one side has the guns and only one side has, you know, the ability to really attack the other. On the internet blackout, that's really bad because that's the only way that people are able to get the message to you know other people within the country as well as to the international community and so with that being blocked off we aren't able to know what is happening the Burmese military has a history of being very violent and they have taken over before so and we know that they've used a lot of force as well in the past I guess our focus is on, you know, we're really concerned about all of the Burmese businesses, the universities, the schools that have to be shut down and or who have been damaged or can no longer be in session, as well as all the towns that have been, you know, lit on fire and things like that. So we're really concerned about all the damage just in general that has happened because of this, the military trying to take over. Military have been arresting and detaining a lot of university students because they were really, you know, at the forefront of this protest. They could see how damaging it would be for their future and they knew what had happened in the past. So they were really trying to protest. You know, they, these are just normal students. These are just normal people like you and I who were, you know, just studying, hoping for a part-time job, spending time on social media, and then suddenly they are in this conflict that, you know, they're not prepared for. And unfortunately, a lot of them have been detained and a lot of them haven't been released. And there are some people we don't really know what's going to happen. Yeah, so um, definitely learning about the situation and being able to raise awareness. As you kind of mentioned, it's not really getting a lot of attention in the media. And we know that that does happen, but, you know, yourself, trying to educate yourself on what is happening, reaching out to people who you do know who are Burmese, whether that be friends or colleagues, because it is a very, very distressing time. And I'm sure those people need support, even if you know they're not saying that, just based on the things that we are seeing day to day, the conversations we are having, it is very distressing. It is a huge issue happening to a country which is if you look on the map of the world, Myanmar is a huge country. There's millions of us all around the world and it's not being spoken about nearly as much as it needs to, given what is happening. I think raising awareness is really important because it's not just about political parties anymore. It's human right abuses and it's a humanitarian issue. And 
not much of it has been on mainstream media or TV. You'll see it on social media if you follow like Burmese people or um, Burmese influences, but there's just not enough exposure to know what's going on. And there's just so many new things happening each day that like people will have seen it at the start that, of what happened. The um, NLD members got detained, but then they haven't been keeping up with the issue and it's just gotten so much worse. It's, it's just a humanitarian issue now. That was Backchat producer Rebecca Manny Boggs speaking to the Sydney Youth Collective, Next Gen Myanmar, on how they're affected by the military crisis and what they're doing to provide support. Don't go anywhere because up next we're chatting with Sydney-based comedian Nat Demina about PC culture in stand-up comedy. But first, a song. It's an explosive collab with Western Sydney artist Kwame and proud Gumbangia man Tasman Keith. Honestly, Chantel, this, like, between Tasman's flow and Kwame's dynamic lyricism, it goes off and is one of the hardest rap tracks this year. Back chat. Text 0409-945-945. So I was watching some stand-ups on Netflix, The Chappelle Show, and honestly, Chantel, the things that I was, like, listening to have not aged well and just would not fly in 2021. Yeah, same with Eddie Murphy's Delirious, which I've always loved as a kid but now has... It's a little bit questionable, some of the jokes. Um, I also caught Sydney Comedy Festival on Tuesday and noticed the comedians tiptoeing around certain topics. And there was a post about a stand-up gig in Newtown commenting on how audiences laughed at an anti-Semitic joke, but stood up and left when a comedian did a sexist bit. Yeah, the standards of what's okay and what's not in comedy are still being debated. So to break down this convo is Sydney-based comedian Nat Demina. Hi, Nat. Thanks for joining us. Hi. Hi. Thanks for having me. Would you say that there's a caution around humour these days? Um, I, I think so. I think a lot of, uh, you know, based on what's happening on Twitter and people being called out for stuff much easier now, I think, yeah, there's a lot of caution about what's, what you can and can't say and people are tiptoeing about it around a lot more topics nowadays, definitely. Do you find that there's different PC levels in comedy in terms of what's acceptable and what's not? I think, yeah, there is different levels of PC and comedy, but I'm, I personally, I just believe that, you know, nothing is off limits and you can joke about anything in my eyes. The fault is with the most, most of the fault lays with the comedians, which is when they initially start out doing comedy, they watch, you know, they might watch your Patrice O'Neill's, your Kathy Griffin's, your Bill Burr's, and because of the offensive nature of their comedy, they think that's what their comedy needs to be when they don't have the technical know-how in constructing a joke in a way to make it funny. So it just comes off as offensive for the sake of being offensive, if that makes any sense. Yeah, definitely. So as a comedian, what is the line between censorship and accountability? Uh, When you're offensive without a purpose. I think that's when it lies. When, when When you're offensive without a purpose, it's just you being a bit of an asshole. You're listening to Backchat on FBI Radio 94.5. We're speaking to Sydney-based comedian Nat Demina about problematic stand-up comedy. So, Nat, how much of the comedian's responsibility is it to not offend, offend marginalised groups that are often the butt of the joke? It, they have the full responsibility to not offend a marginalised group. If 
but I think that the idea that certain topics are off limits for certain comedians is a wrong point of view to have. If that comedian has done the research and the work and uh, they're able to showcase that the, their writing is um, not crossing a line just for the sake of it and they're not punching down, whether they're able to steep their jokes in the right amount of sarcasm or irony or uh, and have the experience to do that, uh, then th- there's no, there's nothing that can be off limits for anyone. Yeah, and are you personally sensing a change in the stand-up scene here in Australia? And what kind of future do you see for it? I mean, it's hard to describe what kind of future the future of stand-up comedy will be, but I think it's just the same with everything. Like everything, society, society goes through a change, and it's hard to know where we'll end up. But it's it's up to like us as comedians and artists in any industry to kind of adapt to how society evolves. To end on a lighter note, what's your favourite thing about stand-up? I'm sure that you missed, you know, performing during COVID. Mm. It's it's seeing people who are right there in front of your face, telling them a joke and then seeing their faces light up with laughter and just knowing that you're responsible for that. I think that's the part I miss the most. Oh, thanks for your time today, Nat. No worries. Thanks for having me. That was local comedian Nat Demina chatting to us about standards of political correctness in Aussie stand-up. Tickets are still available for his Sydney Comedy Festival Festival show at Factory Theatre, so don't miss out. Stay tuned, because up next we're breaking down the Chaser's fake petition to rename Fairy Bread and how news outlets covered it as real news. And we want to hear from you. What's something you want renamed for real or joke purposes? But for now... Some music. This one is Melbourne artist Dane, a relatable one featuring Eric Doa. This is Boys Wanna Text. You're an FBI 94.5. For now, to a familiar theme in the tabloids and the push to cancel an Australian icon because the name is offensive. Fairy bread is the latest snack to come under the cancel culture spotlight. The change.org campaign suggests we should all be calling it party bread. We got him. You're listening to Backchat on FBI Radio 94.5. This week, the Chaser tricked news outlets across the country by creating a fake petition to rename Fairy Bread. And to no one's surprise, they were successful. This fake petition drummed up outrage after media organisations decided to run with it. Yeah, not going to lie, it was a bit wild waking up to news alerts about (laughs) Fairy Bread. News.com.au, Herald Sun, Daily Mail, Lad Bible and more. I mean, safe to say you can read the room. They don't fact check. Well, we're joined now by Backchat producer Vanessa Lim to sprinkle some light on the story. If you want to follow along the Fairy Bread conversation, text us in on 0409 945 945. Hey, Vanessa, thanks for joining us. Hey, so, um, yeah, I guess this whole fairy bread situation is kind of, like, crazy thinking about it. Um, As we know, kind of today, a lot of news is clickbait. (laughs) And um, the Chaser interns, um, which were the people that staged this, tasked them to, like, run with a ridiculous story um, despite it being fake. And the fairy bread petition, the fairy bread petition, um, was staged as like being outdated and offensive, like with the fairy term. So they um, 
put a fake account on Twitter and got the petition out there and also on Facebook for all those boomers out there. <laughs> so, you know, if you had scrolled up um, the change.org petition, you would have seen that it was already, like, a fake gag. And also, like, Ben Fordham, um, who was one of the first people to be kind of on the fairy bread um, petition story, like, outright, like, said that the chaser had um, staged this when it was actually, um, when he went on his, like, like 2GB radio show to talk about it. So, yeah, even after that, like, with um, Ben Fordham coming out and saying it was fake and so many, like, um, hints saying that it was, like, kind of, like, fake, they contacted, like, they, they contacted a bunch of, like, news articles and... Yeah. yeah, I feel like it, a simple search on Google would have given it away because the first article that comes up is Ben Fordham catches out the chaser for, you know, this fairy bread gag. Um, Tanita, what do you think? What did you think about... What do you think about this kind of... I mean, I'm just going to say outright, fairy bread who I was never allowed to eat <laughs> that stuff growing up. Yeah. But, yeah, when you... Just like um, Vanessa said and she touched on it, after Ben Fordham did that interview, in their media release when they sent it out to these other news outlets, they had actually linked that interview. So a very quick, you know, skim through that media release would have shown that it was a, you know, it was a fake petition. It wasn't real. But it just goes to see, it goes to show, like, how we, like, really eat up that narrative on social media and Facebook and people just, like, really, like, lean into it. Yeah, I think these news organisations, they know their audience. Mm. They know that they like to be angry and they even more than that, they like to be angry at other people being angry. And that's why we always see those Facebook polls on Nine News um, saying, hey, they want to change the name of this and all the boomers in the comments are like, I'm angry and I'm angry that they're angry and this is, you know, it's just a cycle of fueling this argument that PC culture has gone too far and this fake outrage. What do you guys think? Yeah, I think, like, um, when I look, like, you know, once in a while on, like, the Sky News, like, <laughs> headlines, you'll see, like, um, all this, like, PC culture outrage that is then, like, mixed in with, like, um, more serious petitions, like, such as, like, Stop Black Deaths in Custody or, like, the Kill the Bill protests that have been happening. And in a way, like, when you put, like, fake stories out there or just, like, clickbait news, it brings down, like, the seriousness of, like, the other tones of um, more serious protests that young people are trying to get out there um, nowadays. Yeah. yeah. What are some of the petitions that you guys have seen that have been very questionable. Oh, there's so many. <laughs> so, so many. I mean, I think for me, it's just like Vanessa said, it kind of detracts from the real issue. Um, it's not, you know, people don't really care that much about the golden gay times. They kill more. They care more about the kill the bill um, action that's happening. So people just like, especially like um, media outlets like Sky News are so far removed from the reality of the situation. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I reckon, like, I mean, I one time saw, like, Sky News put mum and dad cancelled. Yeah. Um, I think they forgot that the word parents exist, <laughs> which was, like, so funny, but it was definitely, like, a gag um, to drive, like, anger within, like, 
their target audience, especially on Facebook, like we've kind of already mentioned. I think another one I saw that was pretty funny, like that happened earlier this year, was the They Be Ban, um, moved by the One Nation. So, um, yeah, pretty much like a lot of these like gags are like kind of like pointless in a way. Yeah, absolutely. And we want to hear from you guys. Let us know what some of the craziest petitions that you've seen. You can text us in on 0409 945 945. Thanks for joining us, Vanessa. All good. That's all we have time for on the show this week. A massive thank you to our producers, Nikki Ilyagoyeva, Vanessa Lim, Rebecca Minibog, and Millie Roberts. Before we go, we wanted to let you know that you can win a staycation at the beautiful Paramount Hotel, plus a bunch of other neat prizes by signing up or renewing your FBI sponsorship this week. Hit up fbiradio.com to find out more. This has been Backchat, your go-to wrap for news and current affairs. You can catch us next week at 9.30am. Limbs Akimbo with Brie is up next, so keep it locked on FBI. We'll leave you with a song. This is Electronic Duo, recently reunited after a seven-year hiatus. Out of New York, this is Dark Side with The Limit. (laughs) 